Section 7 of the Fairchild Family. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kimberly Collins. The Fairchild Family by Mary Martha Sherwood. The All-Seeing God. I must tell you of a sad temptation into which Emily fell about this time. It is a sad story, but you shall hear it. There was a room in Mrs. Fairchild's house, which was not often used. In this room was a closet full of shelves, where Mrs. Fairchild used to keep her sugar and tea, and sweetmeats, and pickles, and many other things. Now, as Benny was very honest, and John too, Mrs. Fairchild would often leave this closet unlocked for weeks together, and never missed anything out of it. One day, at the time that damsons were ripe, Mrs. Fairchild and Betty boiled up a great many damsons in sugar to use in the winter, and when they had put them in jars and tied them down, they put them in the closet I before spoke of. Emily and Lucy saw their mother boil the damsons, and helped Betty to cover them and carry them to the closet. As Emily was carrying one of the jars, she perceived that it was tied down so loosely that she could put in her finger and get at the fruit. Accordingly, she took out one of the damsons and ate it. It was so nice that she was tempted to take another, and was going even to take a third, when she heard Betty coming up. She covered the jar in haste and came away. Some months after this, one evening, just about the time it was getting dark, she was passing by the room where these sweetmeats were kept, and she observed that the door was open. She looked around to see if anyone was near, but there was no one. Her parents and her brother and sister were in the parlor, and Betty was in the kitchen, and John in the garden. No eye was looking at her but the eye of God, who sees everything we do, and knows even the secret thoughts of the heart. But at that moment, the fear of God was not in the heart of Emily. Accordingly, she passed through the open door and went up to the closet. There she stood still again and looked round, but saw no one. She then opened the closet door and took two or three damsons, which she ate in great haste. She then went to her own room and washed her hands and her mouth and went down into the parlor, where Mr. and Mrs. Fairchild were just going to tea. Although her parents never suspected any naughty thing Emily had been doing, and behaved just as usual to her, yet Emily felt frightened and uneasy before them, and every time they spoke to her, though it was only to ask the commonest questions, she stared and looked frightened. I am sorry to say that the next day, when it was beginning to get dark, Emily went again to the closet and took some more damsons, and so she did for several days, though she knew she was doing wrong. On the Sunday following, it happened to be so rainy that no one could go to church, in consequence of which Mr. Fairchild called all the family into the parlor and read the morning service and a sermon. Some sermons are hard and difficult for children to understand, but this was a very plain, easy sermon. Even Henry could tell Mama a great deal about it. The text was from Psalm 139, 7th to 12th verses. The meaning of these verses were explained in the sermon. It was first shown that the Lord is in spirit, and secondly, that there is no place where he is not, that if a person could go up into heaven, he would find God there. If he were to go down to hell, there also would he find God, that God is in every part of the earth, and of the sea, and of the sky, and that, being always present in every place, he knows everything we do, and everything we say, and even every thought of our heart, however secret we may think it. Then the sermon went on to show how foolish and mad it is for people to do wicked things in secret and dark places, trusting that God will not know of it. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me, for no night is dark unto God. While Mr. Fairchild was reading, Emily felt frightened and unhappy, thinking of the wickedness she was guilty of every day, and she even thought that she would never be guilty again of the same sin. 
but when the evening came all her good resolutions left her for she confided in her own strength and she went again to the room where the damsons were kept however when she came to the door of the closet she thought of the sermon which her father had read in the morning and stood still a few moments to consider what she should do there is no one in this room she said and no one sees me it is true but god is in this room he sees me his eye is upon me i will not take any more damsons i will go back i think but yet as i am come so far and am just got to the closet i will just take one damson it shall be the last i will never come here again without mamma's leave so she opened the closet door and took one damson and then another and then two more while she was taking the last she heard the cat mew she did not know that the cat had followed her into the room and she was so frightened that she spilled some of the red juice upon her frock but she did not perceive it at the time she then left the closet and went as usual to wash her hand and mouth and went down into the parlor when emily got into the parlor she immediately saw the red stain on her frock she did not stay until it was observed but ran out again instantly and went upstairs and washed her frock as the stain had not dried in it came out with very little trouble but not till emily had wetted all the bosom of her frock and sleeves and that so much that all her inner clothes were thoroughly wet even to the skin to hide this she put her pinafore on to go down to tea when she came down where have you been emily said mrs fairchild we have almost done tea i have been playing with the cat upstairs mamma said emily but when she told this sad untruth she felt very unhappy and her complexion changed once or twice from red to pale it was a very cold evening and emily kept as much away from the fire and candle as she could lest any spots should be left in her frock and her mother should see them she had no opportunity therefore of drying or warming herself and she soon began to feel quite chilled and trembling soon after a burning heat came into the palms of her hand and a soreness about her throat however she did not dare to complain but sat till bedtime getting every minute more and more uncomfortable it was some time after she was in bed and even after her parents came to bed before she could sleep at last she fell asleep and her sleep was disturbed by dreadful dreams such as she had never experienced before it was her troubled conscience together with an uneasy body which gave her these dreadful dreams and so horrible were they that at length she woke screaming violently her parents heard her cry and came running in to her bringing a light but she was in such a terror that at first she did not know them oh my dear said mrs fairchild this child is in a burning fever only feel her hands it was true indeed and when mr fairchild felt her he was so much frightened that he resolved to watch by her all night and in the morning as soon as it was light to send john for the doctor but what do you suppose emily felt all this time knowing as she did how she had brought on this illness and how she had deceived for many days this dear father and mother who now gave up their own rest to attend to her emily continued to get worse during the night neither was the doctor able when he came to stop the fever which followed the severe chill she had taken though he did his uttermost it would have grieved you to have seen poor lucy and henry they could neither hear nor play they missed their dear sister so much they continually said to each other oh emily dear emily there is no pleasure without our dear emily the next day when the doctor came emily was so very ill that he thought it right that lucy and henry should be sent out of the house accordingly john got the horse ready and took them to mr goodrich's poor lucy and henry how bitterly they cried when they went out of the gate thinking that perhaps they might never see their dear emily any more it was a terrible trial to poor mr and mrs fairchild they had no comfort but in praying and watching by poor emily's bed and all this grief emily had brought upon her friends by her own naughtiness emily was exceedingly ill for nine days and every one feared that if the fever continued a few days longer she must die when by the mercy of god it suddenly left her and she fell asleep and continued sleeping for many hours when she awoke she was very weak but her fever was gone she kissed her parents and wanted to tell them of the naughty things she had done which had been the cause of the illness 
but they would not allow her to speak. From that day, she got better, and at the end of another week was so well that she was able to sit up and tell Mrs. Fairchild all the history of her stealing the damsons, and of the sad way in which she had got the fever. Oh, mamma, said Emily, what a naughty girl I have been. What trouble have I given you, and to papa, and to the doctor, and to Betty? I thought that God would take no notice of my sin. I thought he did not see when I was stealing in the dark, but I was much mistaken. His eye was upon me all the time, and yet how good, how very good he has been to me. When I was ill, I might have died. And oh, mamma, mamma, how unhappy you would have been then. End of section 7